Welcome to Grab Life Big. Grab Life Big. The exclusive podcast for healthy, wealthy, generous men who choose to lead epic life. Or as a few of us say, badass rich guys who do epic shit. And now, your host, Pat Hybin. If this is empty, this doesn't matter. I'm glad you were home. I'm always home. I'm uncool. Me too. You're doing great, dude. The only true currency in this bankrupt world is what you share with someone else when you're uncool. Is that my advice to you? And I know you think these guys are your friends. If you want to be a true friend to them, be honest and unmerciful. Wrong Tribe Confounds, The Right Tribe Compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, go bros. Uh, we got a great guest today. Mr. Buddy Martin is with us. Buddy is getting ready to go to Patagonia. What's up, buddy? How you you ready to go or what? Man, I've been ready since I signed up. <laughs> it's going to be epic. I'm just putting together little packages to mail out to you guys today. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's coming together really nice. It's going to be an awesome trip. If you're not going to that trip, please, uh, you know, just watch us on social media. And uh, if you, anybody listening that's uh, – Last minute, because this will come out before we leave. We did have somebody bail, so there's a extra spot you could probably save money if you contact Yampu Tours, and maybe um, it'll, it'll be less their deposit, or I don't know how she'll work it, but could be a significant saving. Like a day early, if somebody wants to join me, I'm getting over there a little bit ahead of most. I'm going to try to pop over to Uruguay on the ferry for a half a day. So if anybody wants to come early, I'll be there. Oh, that's interesting. And then you can do and you can say you've been to Uruguay. That's right. <laughs> I have to look at my schedule. I because I, I I don't know what time I get in. I'll have to look at that. I'll let you know for sure. Cool. So, buddy, why don't you um, start this off by kind of uh, giving us like a five minute story of Buddy Martin from the day you're born till today? Born basically where I'm at today. Uh, just outside of Philadelphia, western suburbs. My parent, my family, both sides of my family have been here a long, long time and uh, grew up in a small town and uh, kind of went from a blue-collar to a white-collar town in the last 20 years, really part of my life. Uh, that transition happened. My dad was a factory worker. My mom has been at the DA's office. She's the assistant to the chief detectives of Montgomery County, so she's been there a long time. And... Um, a lot of cops in my family and just blue-collar, hardworking folk. My dad passed away. It'll be 10 years this January of lung cancer. Grew up playing a ton of sports. That was pretty much all of my childhood. We didn't have a lot, but we had a roof over our head, and my parents provided enough that my brother and I could both play sports, and that's pretty much all we did from most of my childhood. That's all I remember. 
a lot of baseball, a lot of football, a lot of basketball. Went on, quit everything but football in high school. Excelled at sports. Both my brother and I were on different all-star teams and stuff. And uh, once I got into high school, I just played football. Started working in junior high. So uh, I learned really early on that if I wanted anything, I had to buy it myself because my parents couldn't really afford to give me anything. I think at the end of the day, that's part of the fire that's in me is to uh, I've always had to provide for myself. I never really was mad about that, more of uh, just knew I had to do it. So I would go in high school. I went from football practice to work at night. Terrible grades. Barely got into college. Uh, went to community college my freshman year. Realized I should have never stopped playing sports. Went backwards on the recruiting side of things. Ended up playing football in college, and but hated where I went. Transferred to Temple. Finance major. Uh, Marcus Millichap offered me a job because I was already working full-time, going to school full-time, dropped out of college, and been slinging rooms on rims ever since. Rooms on rims. <laughs> and and that uh, that's a mobile home, right? Oh, that's a manufactured home, Pat. Man we are <laughs> politically correct here in this office. <laughs> So, so Marcus Millichap got you started in the in the mobile home biz. Yeah, I, I walked in there knowing absolutely nothing about real estate. They asked me what product I wanted to specialize in because we had to specialize. I started with multifamily, and in the big bullpen in our Philly office, quickly realized that I had a ton of competition right in my own office, let alone CB a block away, JLL down the street, Grub across town, all the small shops. And in that company, whatever you specialized in, you were part of the national specialty group. So you had different calls and different things around your specialty. Got in contact with the head of the manufactured housing specialty because there was no one else in my office doing it. And the closest guys I could find were in Detroit and Florida. So I figured, well, if that's accurate, I'm the only guy. Now they're spread out a lot more, but I saw that as opportunity. Talked to the director of that and he said, look, you're going to struggle. It's going to be harder to master this than any other product type, uh, not only because it's different, but because there's no one there to help you. But if you can figure this out, you will be the man for brokering these things where you live. So I didn't know any better. So head first, I went into a mobile home park brokerage, learned the really hard way. But luckily, now that was 2003, and by 05, the market was really kicking. I got lucky a couple of times, made some money, and then suffered through the downturn with everybody else. Wow. And so where are you now? What are you doing now? Doing the same thing. In my 16th year, have a team of uh, – we're up to five or six people now. I actually got a, a young guy working in here with me now. He's 19, killing it. Wow. He's crushing What's, what's that mean, killing it? What's that mean? He's been on the phone for about two months. He's already got his first three deals in the works. What, just banging out calling owners of mobile homes? Yeah, yeah. so we have a database, luckily, that we can, if we do hire people, we can plug right into our system. So he's expected to make 225 to $250 a week minimum, preferably more. And when I say killing it, uh, I know he's doing a good job making calls if I'm getting calendar invites for meetings. So we've just been out meeting park owners. And uh, for me, it's kind of getting back to basics. I have a chance to go meet some of the smaller owners that we, not that we've neglected, but we've spent a lot of time recently working on larger transactions. So just training him up and 
trying to grow, worry a little bit about what's going on in the future here, but uh, we're just plugging along. We're, we're on track. We had our best year ever last year. We're on track to beat that this year. I'm already at the 58 million mark in volume. Yeah, just, just trying to keep grinding. That's awesome, dude. So let's talk about your horizontal income. Are you, are you investing in these yourself? Yeah, so we own one community. Uh, I have a partner in my brokerage business who actually started about two years behind me at M&M. I trained him. We became partners. We left M&M, came to KW Commercial together as a team. We've been a team for a long time now. He works out of our one of our North Jersey offices, always has. He's from up that way. We together also bought a community on our own through a client of ours in Northeast PA. We've had that for about four years now, maybe, just a little 26-unit deal. I also am 50% owner in a restaurant that's October uh, 1st will be one-year anniversary on that. We're on target for about a 40% return year one, so we're just killing it with that thing. And um, we are planning around on the park side, uh, my partner and I, around taking LP positions uh, in some of the institutional deals we're doing. So we're doing a portfolio right now as brokers of nine communities. We think we have the buyer identified and we've asked for 25, 25% ownership of the LP. So that will give us 20, yeah, 25% ownership of the LP in nine communities. Well, I mean, let's slow this down. So mm-hmm. explain to me this like a third grader can understand. Okay. So there's general partners and limited partners, as, as you well know. We, we have figured out the long and hard way that we're really good at finding deals. Uh, that's what makes a good broker. Uh, people who have inventory. And we've figured out through ownership that we, we want to own more. We both got into this business to buy what we're brokering. That's the ultimate goal, to, to switch from being a broker uh, over to a big owner. And, of course, my argument's always been if I give up my brokerage, I give up my, my hand in the, in the cookie jar of where all the deals are. So we, uh, we have some opportunities to we have a bunch of people throwing money at us to go buy deals, but we've also looked at how much time do I have to run all this crap? And right now we're going to probably go deal, do some deals on our own, but we're also taking this opportunity as the people who hold the inventory to say, Hey, Mr. Buyer, who's begging me for deals on a daily and weekly basis, I'll bring you the deal first, but guess what? You're giving me ownership. So if we can get this portfolio done, that gives us a small ownership in nine parks right off the bat. So, can, so this is one deal, one person or one entity owns nine. They will. We're, we're working with the seller. And as part of that transaction, we're, we're negotiating some ownership as a limited partner. In all nine. In but, all nine. So you're buying all nine uh, along with some clients of yours, essentially. Yep. And you won't take a commission. You'll just, uh, that'll be your commission. You're, you're free. We're both. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to slice it. We, so part of the argument I get from people that want to put money in all the time is, oh, well, you leave the commission. Okay, well, first of all, I have to eat, pay my mortgage, go to go abundance events. You know, I still got to, <laughs> I still got to survive. You got to live. Shit, you found a deal for them. Right. And my other argument has <laughs> been, I have the deal. I can get a better price for it because I have a relationship that is my skin in the game. That's mm-hmm. me bringing it to you 
So I understand their argument is they want us to have money in it too, uh, which I'm okay with uh, on some cases. And sometimes it's just some, but I can't leave all my fees in or I can't survive. Yeah, right. This is how I make my living. So uh, it's been a delicate balance. We, My partner and I met uh, about two weeks before the Austin Go Abundance event. We sat down and we said, look, we're, we're this is sloppy. We have money. We have deals. The, the bridge in between the two is a mess. Uh, and we, we locked the deal up under LOI in Western or Central PA uh, a few months ago, had an, a deal completely negotiated out. And when we went to the person that wanted to finance the whole thing, we realized that we're just not prepared. We're just not ready for it. We don't have the legal documents in place. We don't have the accounting straightened out. And we needed to take some time to really make sure it's ironclad. So we planned around that. And we gave ourselves till year end 2019 to have everything in place, um, whether that's syndicating. We have a couple people that are pretty high net worth that we could really just go to one man, one investor mm-hmm. uh, per deal, which is really the easier, cheaper way of organizing it. So we're going to have that prepared. And this this whole thing with getting the LP position on some of the bigger portfolios that we're doing, I'm tired of making everybody else money because that's what I do for a living. Find the inventory, make everybody else money. And uh, we have people, especially right now, begging for deals. I'm talking about billion dollar portfolio owners begging for deals because they can't find anything. There's nothing around. So you know what? It's time to, it's time to take care of the people that are taking care of you. Yeah. And people are willing to take so much less, right? I mean, you could, there's 10 ways to structure it. Mm-hmm. so that you're in it and and at the end of the day you're right you're going to make thousands in commissions but you'll make millions in equity so yeah and we're know, not asking yeah. for a lot i'm not trying to be a hog here we're we're asking for a little bit for what we're doing and, and as a means to make a couple of these people first in line for these deals because we control that yeah and you could even you could even structure it if, if they're giving you pushback you can be like all right well you know, we won't take money for X amount of time or, or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? We'll exempt yeah. ourselves. You just want equity in it for want when something. it sells, you know, yeah. and, and, I, I, and, uh, and later, you know. Yeah, I was lucky. I, I got um, invited to a very small mastermind with Gary Keller uh, about a month ago. I was, I was in Austin about a week before the GoBundance event at the same building, KWR, meeting with Gary. Oh, no kidding. And one of the first things he said when he came into the room, there's like, I don't know, a dozen of us there. He said, you know, these deals you guys are working on and everybody in here is, is a top 15 agent in the company. Mm-hmm. If you're not getting ownership in these transactions, you're fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. That's what Gary said to us. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I got to. He's I, right. I got to lay the hammer down on this stuff. I got to quit dicking. That's around. how you're going to build wealth, right? And, and, yep. and, and you're not going to be able to touch it either, which is a good thing, right? I mean, like that's the best thing about investments right or they keep you from spending it and 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 it's just you never you rarely regret them Mm -hmm. so that's awesome okay so let's uh let's swing so uh what percentage are you i am not a very good one let me pull that up you're working on that i'm working on that and i have to update my one sheet once we're working on the restaurant numbers right now and actually trying to figure out if we're going so to how'd you do that like how do you have half i mean like I, I, I never did a restaurant they always scared me half to death but like uh, most people that do them own like three percent of them or whatever they're just in the raise half 
Shit. I mean, how did you do half? It must have been your best friend or something. Yeah, a very close friend of mine. We grew up together. When we were growing up, his mom was always in the industry. And what I found out later, as I got older, because we'd go there for breakfast. Even my family would go and there'd be a line around the door, out the door. The, the same restaurant? No. Oh, okay. Similar. So but what I found out, they weren't, they weren't making any money. They were throwing yeah. this mound of food, but they were throwing half of it's it out. It's a working owner. Yeah, it's a working owner business for the most part. Yeah. So and they don't make shit. Hiring her. Uh, I found an opportunity through a client locally in a very specific market. And we, we work in a very specific segment, which is breakfast and lunch, mainly breakfast. Smart. Um, people tend to want to open restaurants and have the same thing everybody else has. Bars. We, we really, burgers and nachos, yeah. Right. So it's great to have burgers, but make the best burger in town or do something different. Um, you can only make eggs certain ways, but we spent a ton of time on identifying a menu that was eclectic and different than what everybody else had. And we also put it in an area where we're the only game in town. And that not only includes the fact that we're the only breakfast restaurant in town, we're the only restaurant of its size that has a parking lot in this specific area. Most places don't have parking. We have an outdoor patio. Most places don't have outdoor seating. So it all, um, there's a lot of different things we were looking for. And I made an, an offer um, to a person that I know that owns a bunch of real estate and businesses in this specific area. We bought the business out that had been there for 20 years and was old and dirty for about, uh, what'd we pay? $50,000. It's a, it was a restaurant. Yep. Existing restaurant okay. running. I mean, up and operating. Yeah. Cut the guy a check for 50 grand, got the key, locked the door that night. What about the and, real estate? Uh, we just rent. You rent. Okay. So you just paid him to get out, basically. Paid him to get out. We renovated the whole building in 30 days. So I spent a lot. I'm not married and I have no kids that I know of. So I have my nights. Uh, so you paid for the, the TI on that? Yeah. Okay. So you did, the landlord didn't want to do none, none, of, none of that? He didn't want to do none of it. And, and we knew we could do it faster and cheaper. So we have a total of about 175 grand, I think, into buying the business and renovating. We only spent 30 days renovating. We opened. My buddy's mom, my partner in the deal, is our general manager. Everyone's paid extremely well. We have no debt. We pay our bills the day they're delivered. And we got about, uh, I just checked yesterday, we have uh, almost 80,000 bucks in the bank. Hmm. It's been less than a year. Less than a year. So mm -hmm. you're going to, that thing's going to, yeah, as it grows with Yelp reviews and everything else, it's just going to. Hopefully. Yeah. So I didn't add any of those returns in. We would go do another one. I have a place to do it, but uh, we don't have the time. And I don't have the time, especially, and it needs to be crazy passive <laughs> on this next one. What's it we called? It. It's called well-fed. Well-fed. <laughs> yeah. Well-fed breakfast and lunch. Skip and what's eclectic? Day. What's eclectic? Like, give me what's your most eclectic dish. So we, we do a bunch of different omelets and we every we have specials too. So every week we have a scramble, what we call a scramble, and everything I'm going to name is just all slopped together on a plate with some toast. So we have our, our special home fries, which are seasoned eggs. Uh, we did one with Brussels sprouts, uh, shallots, and a, uh, a red wine uh, reduction 
and I thought Brussels sprouts and eggs. Yeah, really. Mm-hmm. Number one selling special reduction for breakfast. We sold the hell out of it. <laughs> really? <laughs> Last weekend we had uh, cinnamon toast crunch pancakes. Sweet. The weekend before that we had Oreo cookie pancakes. We have house. We have all the regular stuff too because people want eggs and bacon sometimes. We have house made sausage gravy, biscuits and gravy. One of our number one selling things is the Philly special. It's an omelet with scrapple, fried onions, and provolone, sharp provolone cheese. The mm. stuff. It's it's not. We're not reinventing the wheel here. The no, wheel it's here. good shit though. Yeah. Yeah. So. And it sounds like you're having fun. You know what? I don't want to have to do it, but I do enjoy. It. We have a big counter, stainless steel counter. I love going in there, just shooting the shit with the regulars on a Saturday morning, pouring coffee. Hang out for an hour and go home. It's like being at a bar. Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, I can see it. Yeah, that's very social. That, that's awesome. Uh, that's awesome, dude. All right, so uh, let's, uh, let's move on to other parts of the one sheet here. What's your net worth? Net worth, I did update that in the app when we were in Austin, so I'm going to pull that up on my phone here. 1935. Sweet, almost two. And I have, so I am buying another property right now. Uh, I just issued the agreement yesterday locally, not a mobile home park, a small rental property that's actually a distant relative. It's an estate. Hmm. I think I'm getting at a really cheap deal. Uh, It's a very, very good part of town. And I'm going to, it's rented, so it carries itself. It shoots me about 10% a year in profit. And I'm going to have some drawings made up because it's a zone high density residential. So I can put some duplexes, triplexes, stuff like that. Really? It's just a house. It's just a, right now it's just a house on 0.7 acres in the middle of town. You knock it down and. and Yeah. But in the meantime, I have some cash flow. Yeah. Awesome, dude. Smart. All right, cool. Just make sure your family signs a super disclosure. I am a real estate broker and know way more than you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong tribe confounds. The right tribe compounds. Get your free copy of the runaway bestseller Tribe of Millionaires, a $20 value at tribeofmillionaires.com free. Just pay the shipping. That's tribeofmillionaires.com. All right, so let's talk about health. What? Uh, how's your weight? So you and I, no one else on this call knows this, but you and I had a, a little chat about our uh, epic adventure in October coming up. And I said, hey, Pat, I've never hiked anything in my life. What, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Uh, and you asked me these same questions before. So I, I can happily report since then I'm down a little over 20 pounds. Nice. Um, my health is better than it's been in years, eating a lot better. I haven't had a beer in almost nine weeks. Mm. I've barely drank anything at all in in that time. Uh, I think one trip or one day when we were in Austin, I had a few drinks, but I haven't drank like I used to in a while. And because of that, I'm sleeping better. I want to work out. I'm working out a lot more. Uh, I want to eat better. Um, I'm eating a lot less. So I got some of the old clothes out of the closet, which is uh, helping expedite the process here. So feeling good yeah that was neat you're like i don't know if i should go of course camille was like dude you you're in (laughs) i'm signing you up (laughs) that's always his answer (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm, I'm excited about it. And they've changed the trip a little bit around since then, too. We put the fly fishing in, which I'm, mm-hmm. I love fishing. So I, I'm pumped, man. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm excited, too. All right, cool. So uh, what about exercise? You doing any exercise? Yeah, uh, I've been exercising a lot. I started off just walking. I've been hitting the weights a little bit more. Now I've lost some weight. It's, it's making it easier and running more. Depending on where I am and what I have going on, sometimes it's either the time part of it has been tough. But uh, I'm going, I leave for San Diego Saturday for a work function. I'm staying for a few extra days through Labor Day. So I'll walk or run uh, five miles at least three or four times a week. That's kind of my goal. And I've been hitting the weights a little bit more here lately too. Yeah. What, what, are, you doing to, what are you doing to give back there, buddy? So I, I, my dad passed away, as I mentioned, about – it'll be 10 years in January. My dad was a big Vietnam vet, traditional, uh, you know, goatee-wearing product of the 60s. Oh, yeah. Factory worker. Uh, very involved in the VFW. Mm-hmm. Huge classic car lover. So as he got up there in age, he, had a, he has a 68 Camaro Super Sport completely redone, and he just went to car shows. He loved, That's what he loved to do. So when he passed, he had helped start a car show at the VFW. Uh, at that point, it was two years old. When he passed away, they named it after him. Hmm. So what we do? They named what after him? The the car, car show. Yes, nice, really. Car Memorial uh, car and truck show. We just had last weekend our twelfth uh, show. I helped run it. Really? Uh, yeah. And so what we do each year is we pick a local kid that is generally sick, uh, has some sort of disease I can't pronounce, uh, which honestly, as being involved in charities. One of the hardest things I've ever had to do is look at five kids and go, which which sick kid do we want to donate the money? Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. Sometimes we can't find any. Sometimes there's too many. So we raise money uh, through sponsorship. We go out and hit local businesses up, and then we raise money the day of the show. And one of my biggest goals is just to get people to come out, just make the event a fun event, have people show up looking at the cars. Uh, we, we generally average between 130, 140 cars. Uh, we do it under the lights on the football field behind the VFW. We raise anywhere between, it's usually 10 and 15,000 bucks, uh, for our event. And then we have one of those big giant checks that we present to the family and the paper comes out and takes a picture of everybody. And the, and the people pay like an admission to go walk around the cars and stuff? Spectators don't. The people that have the cars pay 15 bucks to get in. We're working on, we're, we're, as you can imagine, the people I dealt with when I first got involved weren't exactly of the age of uh, social media. And uh, you know, I, I uh, took the admission form for the car owners and said, hey, I'm going to change this and put an email address line on it. And they said, well, no, what do you need that for? <laughs> well, can you guys just trust me on this one? We're going to yeah, collect email yeah. addresses and we have a Facebook page now. So I've been really trying to drive traffic um, we've grown it exponentially uh, since my dad passed away. It started as a, hey, we're a bunch of veterans. We like cars. Let's have a car show. There's like 30 people, 30 cars show up. Now we have 130. So Really? Just, do, you, yeah. do, you, do you have a car? Do you have a classic? Yeah, so I, I have my dad's Camaro. My very mm-hmm. first car was a 67 Nova SS because I grew, around, grew up around that and drag racing. So, of course, that's what I wanted when I was going to have a car. Sold that. I had a 75 Vet. Sold that. I have, right now, I have the Camaro. I have a 76 uh, Chevy Stepside. 
it's my next project. Part of the reason I'm buying this property off my family is because I have space to put up a, a metal building. And once I can get the building up, I'll have the truck in there apart and start uh, doing that. So I'm really into racing. I travel over the country helping some buddies out racing. You may have seen me post a couple things, but that's awesome. You yeah, like so. pit crew? Yeah, yeah. I've been around it a long time. So people who need help struggle to find experienced people, and I love it. So I don't. I just I like going to races. You're camping out. You're with your buddies. It's like a big family. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, very cool. Very cool. Uh, all right. So let's talk about your uh, bucket list that you your your five greatest hits, right? And go abundance. We have something called the five greatest hits, which are you know five poignant moments that have happened in your life so far. Uh, if you were to die today, and 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 uh, your brother would do a, a greatest hits album of of five <laughs> crucial moments for Buddy. Well, like what what are some things that uh, have happened to you? that you could say, man, that was a, that was fucking a great day. That was one of the best days of my life. Or, or that was, I'm so glad that happened. Joining Go Abundance has been a, a, a major accomplishment for me, uh, mainly because I was at a point in my life where I don't know what the hell direction I was going. Mm-hmm. I was lost. Thank God for Ken Wimberly, um, who was my coach at the time. And that, I got to say, maybe that's not a top five bucket list, but that has been a major difference maker in my thought process. And just being, having certain things top of mind or more top of mind than they were and understanding that it was okay to do that. Because uh, as, you, as you've heard where I've come from and who the people are I know and where I live, uh, sometimes it's really hard to, to change that mindset. So thank you for that. Mm-hmm. you're welcome um, my pleasure good to hear yeah so a couple of things that i grew up with not much so one thing that i i finally remember especially since i lost my dad i never left the country until i was about 20 years old my dad won a trip through his company he worked for and uh him and i and my brother went to aruba together that was my first place like i ever really went outside of New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Delaware. So that was an awesome time, a very fond memory of my, my brother and my dad and I. So that's something that, that sticks out. Uh, it doesn't awesome. sound like much compared no, to what that's great, dude. Yeah. my last five years, but it's very important to me. Another thing involving my dad before he passed, I was able to buy him a car. Uh, I was early on in my career. I was making a bunch of money. I was stupid with how I spent it too. But he came home, he, you know, he, he didn't have much, and he's, he's looking at this, this car, this little Pontiac came out that he really wanted to buy. And he's like, well, I, you know, I got the garage space for it, but I can't drive that to work every day, and I don't know what to do. I could just find something else that like, I could drive in the, the meantime. So I knew somebody selling a Jeep at the time. I went and bought it and brought it home, just threw him the keys and said, go buy your car. Drive this to work every day. So that was nice. being able to give back to my parents has been uh, something that's very important to me. Mm. Uh, I still have my mom who unfortunately has Parkinson's. So right now we take her, my brother and I, my stepdad, we take her on a trip once a year. This year we did Savannah. Last year we were down in your neck of the woods in Charleston mm. uh, waiting on her. The year before that we went to Hawaii uh, and we're waiting on her to decide on this year. So those are where I'm really, they sound simple. 
But to me, those are my bucket list wins. Yeah, absolutely. I don't have a lot of time, as I learned with my father, to do those things. You should really rephrase this question, you know, think about it, like, uh, to get people. What are the bucket list items you've done with your parents? Hmm? You, you know, Mark Schweiger and I are taking our dads, and my dad doesn't even know his birthday is uh, this, this Saturday. And um, we're taking them to the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I was surprised. I put it on the GoBundance Facebook page, and I was like, hey, does anybody else want to join us? I mean, it wasn't cheap, right? It's like five grand a ticket or something. But I figured, you know, you know, some people – We'd probably get five or six people be like, yeah, I'll take my dad. And I even put, uh, you can take your son too or daughter, whoever. But um, nobody nobody took us up on it. It's just the two of us and our dads. Uh, and so anyways, I think that's a great way to rephrase it is like what what bucket list item do you have that you remember, you know, with your parents and because if you don't you you need to make one because you know people that haven't lost their parents don't appreciate it right i can tell you that i would give you every dime that i have to my name to be able to take my dad on that trip with you Mm. because i can't Mm. i'd do anything you know to, to have that ability to do that again so people should i have a grandmom who's 92 and i my goal with her is to take her to lunch every other week. Mm. Loves tomato pie. If you know what tomato pie is. Yeah. yeah. Good she, shit. Yeah. We go to lunch. We each get a slice. It costs me like $11. <laughs> She's the most friendly person you'll probably ever meet. And I just sit there for an hour and talk with her and go back to work. And it means the world to her. Um, and I know she's 92 and there's a good chance, <laughs> you know, could be any day. I never see her again. So, that's some stuff that's really important to me. Yeah, that's major. People don't get it. You know, they just don't get it. That's uh, that's good stuff. Um, all right, we'll talk about, like, future greatest hits. Like, what do you yep. want to make? Make some bucket list items now. What do you want to do in the future? So I have um, my top five. Uh, do you want to do the upcoming highs? Does that count? Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. bucket list. Yeah, that's cool. I'm working. I'm taking uh, flying lessons. Oh, uh, cool. So I'm about 35 hours in. I know there's a bunch of guys in GoBundance that are way ahead of me, own planes, things of that nature. Um, I got into this because I've always wanted to do it. Uh, and I I really took it as um, it's a challenge. It's not easy, one. And there's some fear involved in flying. You know, it's dangerous in a lot of yeah, ways. And no shit, you know. <laughs> and go Especially bun- those little prop planes, you know. I mean, those, those are the ones that crash, dude. Yeah. So I took it uh, – uh, something I really honestly took out of Go Abundance was I got to get out of my comfort zone and quit being a whatever <laughs> yeah, you call it. You and talked to Brian Wentz because he's – Yeah. Uh, Brian yeah. owns the type of plane that I, I would like to own myself. Yeah, he's just starting that, you know, he's just starting to get up and fly more and more. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll be up again tomorrow, actually. So I'm really pushing ahead on it. I take it seriously. I'm flying. Um, I started doing it once a week, but then I realized if it rains, I miss a week. And if I have to travel, then I miss another week. So I started booking two days a week. Um, this week, it looks like I'll get, I'll get in the air both times. And uh, um on one hand, I'm, I'm making sure that I accomplish my goal. And on the other hand, I'm not in a rush. 
uh, to the point where if I'm not comfortable with something, it's okay to go backwards a little bit. Or I tell my instructor all the time, look, if I, you know, if you're, if you think I'm only doing okay, let's do this more until I'm good at it. I'm not in a rush to have my license, but it is my goal to have my license. So uh, I would say by this time next year, I should have that if not sooner. That's awesome. So okay. that's what definite, else? definite upcoming high. I'm going on my first abundance. Uh, bucket um, list, uh, international bucket, bucket list adventure. Right. Yep. I already talked about the one with future bucket list things, which is I want, I re- my mom isn't going to be able to get around. One of the reasons we went to Hawaii was she always wanted to go there. And when she really Parkinson started getting bad, we said, we need to start doing this stuff before she can't. Hmm. So we really, my goal is one trip a year. Um, I, I, I would say if I had to write it in a bucket list, it'd be just take care of my parents some way, make them happy, take them on a trip because they, they, they'll never, I mean, my dad's gone, but my mom would never take a dime from me. She'd never allow me to do you know, buy her a house or something. She'd punch me in the face. I think <laughs> I did something like that, but she just went, like you say, love is what? T I M E. Right. So I spend, I had lunch with my uncle today. I spend as much time with my relatives as I can um, because I know that, especially the ones that gave to me when I was growing up, I want to give to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and all they want is time. My mom says now she's like, so they don't give me shit. She goes, what am I going to do with anything that you give me? <laughs> she's yeah. like, I don't want anything. I have the yeah. smallest space that I'm in that ever in my life. She's in like an efficiency apartment. She's like, I don't want anything. She goes, the only thing I want, you know, is you spend time with me. If you can't do that, then don't even bother. Yeah, they, right? they, you don't, know? they don't care. They just want to see you. Yeah. That's, yeah. uh, it's, it's amazing. What about um, like you, like your buddy, how old are you now, buddy? Be 39 next month. All right. So 38. So, so let's say you're 58, right? Uh, what do you want life to look like? Well, hopefully I'm uh, just working somewhere for fun as a means to get out of the house yeah. or doing something. Pouring coffee. Yeah, something. <laughs> passion over need for money. Um, I, I would really love to have children, uh, assuming that I'm not out of time yet. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you, get, you, you, you freeze your eggs? <laughs> I should start. Oh, no, seriously, dude. People are doing that shit. Yeah, I know. How are you? I would. Yeah. It doesn't hurt, right? It I mean, costs you a couple hundred bucks, and then, you know, if you don't use them, you don't use them, but at least, they're, at least you got them. Well, then I'd, be, I'd end up the subject of Not a, eggs, but sperm. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'd end up the subject as a movie 10 years from now because they used some wrong person's sperm, and I have 50 kids. <laughs> <laughs> It's a limiting uh, belief. I'm sure that I'm sure you could find a reputable yeah. <laughs> place. Yeah, that's funny with that air, you know, with that um people didn't think that the whole ancestry.com DNA would ever exist. Yeah, I, I actually have just I just um got I spent money and got back because I tried doing some of the research myself. I, I hired someone to do some ancestry research for me. They're very thorough to the point where you get pictures of tombstones where people are buried, p- pictures of the actual obituaries from the paper back in the 1700s, 1800s. Uh, and they gave me this big three-ring binder back. 
And I actually ultimately spent some more money to have them dig a little deeper. So semi into that stuff just because my last name is a very common one. And my family has been here such a long time. I don't 100% know where they come from. And if you take a DNA test, it basically comes back that I'm a mutt. So <laughs> just trying to figure out a little bit more. And I find it very interesting. Yeah. Um, so it's fun to read up on. And so learn. you want to breed some other mutts? Yeah, why not? Hey, we're American, <laughs> right? That's right. Just a regular old American. Uh, that's a great goal. Anything else? I used to think I had bucket list items for owning. Like, I love the fish. I want to own a boat. Mm. Uh, I want to own a plane. And the more I look at it, the more it doesn't make sense. I got buddies with boats. I just buy fuel. Mm. I got, what about a pond, maybe, and just a little floater, like rowboat or something? Doesn't really jazz you. <laughs> As a good friend of mine says, why invest when you can be a guest? Uh, yeah, that's funny. And all they care is like, hey, man, you pay the fuel. You can use my boat anytime. Just use it. I want it's kind of true, you know. It's kind of – that's why my – you know, pretty much all my life, I never really bought a a vacation home, so to speak, because I always like going different spots. Right. You know, and didn't want to be beholden to it. You know, so I mean, I have I two houses now, but they're more primaries. I had on my list owning a sport fish, and I took it off because – I. At this point, I don't, I don't think it's a smart decision. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I fish all the time because I have friends that own them, and they're dumb enough to spend the money. So, and they invite me on them all the time because they need a hand or they want help or I know how to do all the stuff. And it's, it's like, so sharing economy. I mean, the kids aren't even getting driver's licenses these days because they can yeah. share. You know, they can take Ubers and they can share rides and they can do all the stuff. They don't need it. And it's the same thing in, in, in most things. It's like people are really getting logical like you are and being like, well, you know, I'm really not going to use that, but like seven times in a year, maybe I'll just find my find a pond somewhere else and just borrow it yeah. you know? <laughs> or a right. boat somewhere yeah. else and just borrow it. Or, yeah. 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 Uh -huh. yeah that's, that's awesome. Okay, cool. All right, buddy. Well, let's uh, wrap this up by uh, me spinning the um, GoBundance app here on my phone cell phone and asking you a random stumper of a question all right um here we go you ready yes sir if happiness was the national currency what kind of work would make you rich mm, that's a tough question something to do with motorsports mm-hmm now it's easy for me to say that, and because I don't have a wife or kids at home, motorsports mm -hmm. involves a lot of traveling and being away from home. So, you now at this stage in my life, if I could go work in that industry, and you know, part of the fun is going from track to track, town to town, mm. city to city, staying, living in motorhomes, cooking out every night, being there with everybody else. Like I said, it's a big family. I grew up some of my earliest memories are being around that. So mm. to me, it's just kind of part of who I am. And, um, I love it, man. I'm there. I was there this weekend helping a buddy. You could say developing and building or owning or managing, uh, a local, uh, raceway, even though one that might not exist. If one did exist, right. They're, they're, Kids could go with you and, you know, yeah, they're, they're very hard to make money with. That stuff has drag racing has come back around because of the stuff that's on television now with 
with uh, Pink's came out, and you know, there's other shows that have brought some of the popularity back, especially around street racing. But um, it's very expensive to maintain a half mile paved strip and all the concessions that go around with it. I don't know that I would ever want to own that. Hmm. Um, but just just being around it, that's it, something that I really thoroughly and even though it's work i just love doing it it's fun yeah absolutely awesome dude well listen uh this has been a blast thank you for sharing everything looking forward to uh hanging out with you deeply in um in uh, chile and argentina in the in the uruguay yeah (laughs) in the very near future (laughs) yeah man thanks pat i appreciate it all right buddy have a good one In life, to be honest, I've failed as much as I've succeeded. But I love my wife. I love my life. And I wish you my kind of success. Don't step to me, bitch. Now you can create-